Yes, he did. You would even say it close. Okay, I had to get you guys in the Christmas spirit. I'm sorry. I had to do it. I had to do it. I had to take you back to them sing-alongs. Everybody knows about those sing-alongs. As we are nearing the Christmas vacay or Christmas holiday, I wanted to make sure that I hopped on here and wished you guys a very happy holiday. If you don't celebrate it, my bad, but you're still going to get these holiday wishes. <laughs> um, this is the last episode of 2019 with Amin Can We Discuss. Um, it has been a wonderful journey spending time with you guys here on Thursdays. I think at the beginning of the year we were on Wednesdays. Um, the Thursday seems to work best. So I just wanted to make sure that I said a happy that I wished you a happy holidays. Uh, I hope that you guys are getting ready for 2020 um, and you come back and you continue this journey with me on 2020. I do have some other interviews lined up. I wanted to switch some things up where we're not just focusing on indie authors, but, you know, people who actually have been building all different kinds of businesses um, so that you guys get inspired and maybe one day open up your own business if you haven't already. But I won't spend a whole lot of time um, on that. I wanted to also share with you guys that the 20, day, 20 days of giving to yourself challenge is nearing its end. Today is the 19th day uh, email. Yes, today is the 19th day. Tomorrow will be the last day. So I wanted to make sure that I gave a shout out to everybody who joined. Thank you so much for joining. And hopefully you're going to go into 2020 with a bang and feeling like the brand new you for all of those who subscribed. It is still up if you want to subscribe. It will start all the way from the beginning. I'll allow it to stay up there for a little bit. So if you go to www.astridferguson.com, you'll see the little pop-up box. You can sign up on there. Uh, and then, um, like I've said before, I do the odd days and my friend Cheyenne Jacobs, Cheyenne Tyler Jacobs does the even days. And you can go visit her at www.shewillspeak.com and you will get the even days from her. Yes, this was a collaboration between the both of us. You get to get some of um, my little life coaching exercises and tasks and tips and you get some of her social skills and counseling that she has. And uh, it should be very enjoyable for you. But today is not just about that. Today I had the pleasure of interviewing Odessa Young. And before I tell you about Odessa, I will, I will say 
the recording was it's it's a little just a little bit choppy it's not as as good as I would have liked it I was wearing my headphones and I couldn't get rid of my older one so you might hear them just a little bit I tried to fix it as much as possible but you know we're manifesting in 2020 that Asher is going to hire an uh, an audio editor okay so that I don't have to deal with this because this is this is a lot um, and I think going forward, I'm going to do the interviews on Skype and not just on my phone um, because it's easier for me to edit. Um, but, you know, that that shouldn't bother you guys. That's just a little extra tip for anybody out there who does podcasts to keep that in mind. Um, so let me tell you about Odessa Young. I love that she goes by the slogan that says, I dream in color and live out loud. She is a wife and a mother of three beautiful daughters. She is a licensed professional counselor associate. She is an author and poet. Her passion is to push others to be better versions of themselves through her daily work. She is adventurous she loves to explore and will never stop learning. She deals with all the challenges of life with a serving of grace. And her goal is to share her story with others to promote healing and growth. So I won't continue to tell you about Odessa as you will get to hear all of her great insight um, in the interview. So let's get right into it, guys. You're listening to, I mean, can we discuss? And I am your host, Astrid Ferguson. We will be discussing different issues that can be debated, articulated, chopped up any kind of way. There's no real set way to this. It could be culturally, it could be socially. It could just be how we're feeling today. So you're here for the randomness and I hope you're here to stay. So remember to subscribe, share, and tell me what you think. Hi, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of I Mean, Can We Discuss? And I am your host, Astra Ferguson. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing Odessa Young. How are you, Odessa? I'm well. I'm doing good. Good, good. So tell us about you and where everybody can find you. Well, I am a published author, mom, wife, full-time therapist, um, currently working with um, children diagnosed with autism and disruptive behaviors. I also do a lot of parent coaching um, and empowerment therapy and solution-focused therapy. I will actually be transitioning in January to private practice. Um, to focus more with teens, women, and parent training. And right now, I can be found um, on Facebook at Odessa Young on Facebook, Twitter at OYoung2019, and then on Instagram at FitMobileMom. 
Oh, cool. So how is that going with your practices, especially of autism? I'm always interested in that because my nephew actually has autism. Yes. Now that is um, going well. I've learned a great deal from dealing with um, that population. Mm -hmm. They um, help me really break down life into smaller steps. It takes um, quite a bit of patience, Mm -hmm. repetition, um, focusing on one step of maybe a 10-step process at a time. Mm -hmm. They're very literal, so you have to speak in concrete terms. Mm -hmm. Sarcasm is often not understood. And then you have to give them time to process the information and then let you know what they're getting from the information because it may not be the same as a neurotypical child. Mm -hmm. So you have to be open and available to step back and say, okay, I made this statement. Let's talk about what was received um, from the child's perspective, those that are verbal. Um, Because communication is a struggle, understanding different emotional cues, different faces um, are often a struggle. So it has to be exaggerated for them to get the meaning of what you're trying to say in order to work towards correcting a negative behavior. So how can a parent deal with this Um, because you know it's very hard for a parent as well dealing with autism especially because of lack of resources and things like that yes now with parents um, I would definitely um, I definitely talk to them about having a support system in place And I talked to them about normalizing what's going on. So when they don't have the answers or they don't understand the way um, their child is communicating, that that's okay. It's finding a different approach in a different way. Mm -hmm. Um, I work with parents on doing a lot of visual schedules um, to work out the daily plan Um, doing a step-by-step process, even something as um, easy as getting ready for school. Getting ready for school for a child with autism may be an absolute nightmare for some parents, um, but incorporating a visual schedule, timers, doing countdowns, and then incentives with the children to get them to say, after you brush your teeth, this is what we're going to do after. But even brushing your teeth has to be broken down in maybe 20 steps, depending on the child. Like, pick up the toothbrush. Let's pick up the toothpaste. Put the toothpaste on the toothbrush. So working a lot with parents to help them carve out time for themselves when they can and having developing that support system because you do have to have a great deal of patience and you can't take it personal that they're responding to you in that way because their brains function differently. 
Okay. So what would be, I guess, would you recommend that someone who has a child with autism, that they also go for counseling and, and, you know, to, to, I guess, navigate around it of how to communicate with their child and how not to get frustrated? Yes, I definitely would recommend um, counseling. For the parents, that's one of the things that I definitely promote is parent empowerment, coaching and training to remain as positive as possible in the struggle with dealing with children with autism or disruptive behaviors Mm -hmm. and even with neurotypical children. But I definitely um, advocate for them going to therapy or going to a parent coach to help them navigate through that step-by-step process. I go through a training workbook that consists of 11 sessions um, at my current position and then working them through maintenance phase after those 11 sessions. And it may take longer. It just depends on what behaviors we're dealing with and how the parents are processing through the information. Okay. So what tips do you have for like these types of parents, like let's say now for the holiday season where um, there's a lot of things going on because, you know, with uh, children with autism, um, most of the most of the problems that's going on is that oh, they're overstimulated. So they can't be in places where there's too much going on, too much, too much noise, too many people. They tend to get startled by that. Yes. Now, with the holidays, I would definitely um, talk to parents about planning, being more conscious about planning activities, um, mm-hmm. avoiding those situations where you have, where you can't control the crowd. I would do smaller settings with family members that are familiar with the child and with the diagnoses that are not going to make the child feel um, guilty or awkward about them responding in a different way. You know, family members making jokes or, you know, rolling their eyes at the parents because they can't control the children because they're acting out. Um, If there's a place that they have to go to, um, utilizing the noise cancellation headphones, um, going for smaller increments of time because some children, if you take them to a crowded place, maybe they can do 15 minutes or 30 minutes versus an hour or two. So you can still engage with some of the activities that you want to be involved in. It's just in shorter amounts of time. And then talking the child through each step, like, hey, this is where we're going first, describing what's going to happen once you get there, let them know it's okay to come to you and let them know you're they're getting overwhelmed mm-hmm. and pay attention to their body language because most of them will show you when they're getting agitated, when they need time to break away from the crowd. If it's you know, a family's house, then you can say, hey, if my child has a moment, is it okay to use the extra bedroom for them to go away and have some quiet time or is it okay to go outside and talk your um, talk with your family 
and then your children about an escape plan for a cell five or stemming, walking around, pacing, whatever they need to do to bring um, down that frustration with being in the crowds and being in the noisy places. Okay. So how did you decide to um, go in this direction? Because you said you also do life coaching, right? Yeah, well, I um, do. I'm a part-time wellness coach for okay. Herbalife. Um, and then I'm a full-time therapist. Mm-hmm. And then I um, wanted to learn more about children diagnosed with autism and dealing with that population. So I um, am working with that population right now. But as I transition to private practice, I will focus more on dealing with anxiety, depression, parent coaching, how to deal with a child with disruptive behaviors, and transition towards that um, population. Do you feel like... um... Because I know, I I don't remember where I read this, but it seems like autism affects more boys than girls. Do you find that to be a true statement? I do. Okay. I I currently work inpatient, and we definitely have more males than females. And I work with those who can't... um, function right now in a traditional school or home setting mm-hmm. um, so I do definitely see more males than females no. and they don't necessarily have a definitive answer of what causes that yet so mm-hmm. more research is definitely needed but that has been my experience thus far and anyone who's not familiar with autism autism is not necessarily a uh, inherited disease, um, anybody can develop it. There's no real science that can, like, it's not detectable, you know, like when you're pregnant or anything. It's one of those things that it just happens. Correct. There's still uh, more research to be done, but you, um, the child has to start growing and maturing and then you start noticing that they're not meeting certain milestones or they start regressing with their behavior after they start walking talking moving then you start to see um, those behaviors regress they're talking less or having issues with um, responding to what you say or um, social cues or facial cues, learning, um, and then other things that you learn in the base developmental years, mm-hmm. then that will lead you to, okay, I may have to have my child tested to see if they're on the spectrum. Okay. And there are different levels. Yeah. So would you be able to explain to us what the different levels are and what people could look out for? I actually don't have that information in front of me, but I would definitely um, 
tell parents, like, if you see your child was at this developmental stage and they don't go any further or they're not responding to when you talk to them and how they respond to what you're saying or what you're asking them to do, um, like children their age. So if you have other children that you're around at that age or if they go to school and you notice that your child is not really developing like other children in the same age group, then definitely take them to the doctor to be assessed. Okay. Because I know like you, I think it's Osberger's disease that's now considered autism type one where you're like completely functional mm-hmm. but um you have like episodes like you can get angry and get really violent because you don't know how to control that anger or you know something of usually social it has to do with something social yes um And then it can be all the way up to, you know, they, like, may not be able to function like a regular person, even as they get older. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. I um, deal with nonverbal children Mm -hmm. who can't verbalize, um, some that can't say any words at all, some that say just minimal, basic, one word, their vocabulary may be 10 to 15 words. And then I've dealt with the higher functioning that it's more of the social piece that's missing and their reaction to um, strong emotions, how they respond with, okay, if I'm upset about a peer saying something to me, I'm more likely to flip over a table or throw something or have a full-blown meltdown. Mm-hmm. Because of something that a neurotypical child may not even respond to. Just, okay, that happened, I'm going to move forward. But a child with autism doesn't know how to process that, so they react. Yeah, I'm well familiar with that. So why do you think that um, in today's society, it's so difficult like to understand uh, you know, like children with autism, because it's becoming more and more common. But it's like there's not, there isn't like many centers that they can go to. I know something that like my sister dealt with is my nephew would get rejected left and right. Um, like he'd come in because they can't deny you from coming in. And then by the next day or so, he's been kicked out because now he's considered a liability. Now, I think that's part of lack of research and understanding. Mm -hmm. And then fear of people are fearful of what they might do because Mm -hmm. it's not a lot of education of just because this person is diagnosed with autism doesn't necessarily mean they're going to react in this way. So Mm -hmm. I think a lot of that that I see with the community that I deal with, it's just people responding to the unknown. 
like I don't know what this child is going to do but I see this label of autism so I'm automatically going to treat them differently like they have another severe mental health disorder like when you hear schizophrenia or bipolar then people are treated certain ways or ADHD then once we get those labels out there they're responding to the label versus the individualized person right and the reason I say that is because I don't know if it's just a lack of resources or if it's because people really don't want to inform themselves and don't want to deal with it Um, because obviously when you have children who suffer from autism they need more one-on-one And in places with like daycare, they can't actually have just a one-on-one. So people have to get, I guess, TSAs involved. Um, And then that that factors into the financial aspect. Um, I think I had someone else on that talked about it where they said that it's, it's really shocking how many mothers of these like autistic children are single mothers. Right. And they can't afford having to pay even double the amount of what a regular person would pay because their children have to go to specialized centers or have to stay home with a one-on-one person. Yes, and that's a sad reality of the population um, that we serve because it's limited resources even with um, as they transition back home from the hospital that I work in, having enough services set up and then finances come into play. Some insurances will cover like BCBA services, that's a behavior specialist that can come and do the one-on-one services. There are more of them being introduced into the educational system now, so you can have um, that built to insurance, and it's not um, the parent's responsibility for that, but they can come in the home setting, and then they can go to school and help with the behavior plan. But it's getting more schools to invest in those resources and be open to those specialists coming in the school to work with the children and then in the home in the community. And insurance paying for it, of course. So it's not an out-of-pocket cost. And it depends on your insurance. Some insurance you have to to fight and fight and fight. (laughs) So... (laughs) What what are some places that people can go, like resources that you can tell us, like if anybody wants to become more informed and are possibly looking for uh, more information on, you know, maybe even seeking help if they're in this type of situation? I would um, Google their local autism society mm-hmm. to see if they have Um, local networks and support groups, um, therapy offices, doctor's offices, um, pediatricians who have that extra training Mm -hmm. that can link them um, to those resources. 
Mm-hmm. And then there are quite a bit of books out there. Um, Is there any particular book that you would suggest that somebody should start with? And I know you're going to ask me that. And I- <laughs> <laughs> My information pulled up. Because we have a local conference, a Converge conference for autism in mm-hmm. South Carolina that they have started doing. And let me see. Our information. Temple Grandin. Temple Grandin. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, that's who um, was the speaker for our last um, Converge conference, mm-hmm. and she does a great job about breaking it down um, with dealing with children with autism, and then the stressors. She has a list of books. Um, her most recent book. Calling All Minds, How to Think and Create Like an Inventor. And then she has The Loving Push, How Parents and Professionals Can Help Spectrum Kids Become Successful Adults. Okay. You can send me these because there's no way that I can write all of these down. Okay. <laughs> that way I can add them to the show notes and, and people can um, look into them. And if they want to read more about it or if they're dealing with this, they can definitely look into it. But you're not just you know, working with children of autism and coaching people on wellness. You're also an author. I am. I um, just released my first book, Oh, Survival by Grace, um, in May of this year. Okay. And tell us about that. And this um, is a book of overcoming emotional bondage and overcoming a lot of issues that I've experienced growing up. And it covers my life until age 18. But um, I'm an advocate of people overcoming their circumstances and not allowing their circumstances to dictate their future. Mm -hmm. So I had... um, several different experiences like losing my father in high school as well as my grandma was close to um, dealing with domestic violence and some other issues that are in the book. I won't (laughs) name them all because I want people to read them but also a unique thing about my book is it's excerpts of my life with poetry incorporated. Okay. So you get the best of both. You get some poetry and some excerpts of my life. Now, do you perform? 
I don't I do um I'm in a poetry group and I do do live poetry with them. Okay. So do you have any performances coming up or any book tours you want to let us know about? I um will be participating in the Wounded Warriors okay. presentation. That'll be in Anderson, South Carolina, and that's January 11th. 2020 mm-hmm. and that's at 12 p.m but i can send you the flyer with that information and it's a collaboration with other poets and speakers in the area okay so come show you some love you know <laughs> some appreciation you. how long have you been an author or is this just your first book yes this is my first book um in May, I have wrote in college and did presentations in high school and college with different events. Um, and then the drama um, ensemble in college, the dance and theater ensemble. I did some work with them as well in college. But 2019 was my year to put myself out there and publish my first book. Okay. Well, I commend you for doing that. Welcome to the author world. Thank you. <laughs> Hopefully you've been enjoying it thus far. Yes, thus far it's been interesting because my um, daughter, she was like, Mama, you an author. You know that? I know. Your book's online. You know that? I know. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's cool. So she um, gave me her title for her book. She said, Mama, can I write a book? <laughs> I was like, absolutely. <laughs> so that was cool. Yeah. So, you know, it gives her fuel to, you know, follow in her mama's footsteps. Yes. So, I mean, if you don't have anything else to share, tell everybody again where they can find you. You can find me on Facebook, Odessa Young, Twitter at Oyoung2019, and Instagram at FitMobileMom. Well, thank you so much, and thank you for everything that you're doing. Um, This is, you know, it's tough, especially for moms out here with autistic children. And then also you writing your book with poetry. Maybe one day you'll write your book about your experiences (laughs) maybe we'll we'll look for your your big book out there to help with resources as well yes yes you're planting seeds adding to my list (laughs) (laughs) yes so look forward to my second book released in 2020 yes um what is your second book going to be about it's the sequel to O oh, Survival by Grace. It will be a series. And then I'll see where my literary works take me after that. Oh, that sounds cool. Thank you so much, Odessa. Odessa was actually um, suggested by one of our old, uh, older guests, Terrence, who you guys yes. can. Yes, he's been a couple people. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I had the opportunity to meet him at the Black Ink. Oh, 
okay. um, author celebration in Charleston, South Carolina this year. Yeah, that's awesome. He's a very nice guy. Very nice guy. Yes. The author of Love Letters. And he actually has a new book coming out, too. Yes, that I have to purchase because it's now available on Amazon also. Okay. Well, thank you, Odessa. All right. Thank you so much. Sure. And that was a wrap, guys. that was a wrap for today thank you so much for listening to i mean can we discuss don't forget to subscribe follow us if you want to see what we're up to what projects we're up to and enjoy the rest of your day night wherever you might be i was your host asher ferguson signing off